Yes, sir. You already know the vibes. It's the Bronx Vibes Podcast, episode 58. If I want money and power, respect my mind, or die from less shout. I pray my dick get big as the Eiffel Tower, so I can fuck the world for 72 hours. Goddamn, I feel amazing. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 58 of this little thing that we call the Bronx Bias Podcast. I am your host. My name is Denzel, a.k.a. Harry Potter, a.k.a. DeBron James, and we are back like Jordan wearing the faux five. I want to start by saying thank you to everyone who tunes in, who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports. Thank you to everyone who is active and engaging with me on the social media platforms. I truly, truly, truly appreciate all of the love and all the support I receive from y'all. Special shout out to the essential workers out there. And finally, thank you to all the people who are out here continuously using their voices to affect change in a positive way. We always, 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 always have to start the shows with the thank yous because the thank yous are very, very, very important. And don't forget, your boy Denzel has official merchandise available for purchase. If you are interested, you can check out the site bronxbiaspod.myshopify.com. B-R-O-N-X-B-I-A-S-P-O-D dot M-Y-S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com. Check out the site. Check out the merch. Got hoodies on there. Got t-shirts. Got tote bags. Got COVID masks. Got stickers. Come on the site and come fuck with me. Um, If you, you know, if you fuck with the show, you support the show, I would appreciate it. You know, if you could go out and, and patronize my products. If you will, uh, I'm just a young brother out here trying to get some money in his pocket and stay out of trouble. So if you feel so inclined to support the site, to support the merch, I truly, truly appreciate it. Um, and yeah, let's 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 run that shit up, bro. Run that shit up. Um, I, and but I do appreciate every single person who has visited the site and purchased merchandise. I really appreciate it. Um, so again, uh, it is Bronx Bias Pod dot Come check it out. 
Got the merch on there. Hoodies, t-shirts, tote bags, COVID masks, stickers, and much more to come. Much, much more to come. Uh, so, yes, please, uh, please check out the merch. And with all that being said, we are going to have a great, 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 great show today. Fully, fully packed. I am very excited about the today's show. I'm in an amazing mood. I am in a tremendous mood, and I am ready to go. So let's get it. I am in a very, very, very good mood. Today's intro was an amazing, amazing, amazing song by an amazing, amazing, amazing artist. It is called Backseat Freestyle by Kendrick Lamar off of the album Good Kid Mad City. One of the greatest albums in the last 10 years to ever come out. Man, what can you say about Kendrick? Kendrick's the man. He's the man. He is one of the nicest song not nicest rappers and nicest song makers is like some artists are really 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 great rappers like you cannot see them with the words with the wordplay the similes the metaphors the flows you know the structure of the bars you can't see them there but they don't necessarily make great songs kendrick can make great songs and still give you that lyrical miracle spiritual criminal individual you know all that good shit so Shout out to Kendrick Lamar, man. And we have to talk about how racism is real. I, you know, we all know it's real. At least I mean, people who look like me know it's real. Racism is so real that Kendrick Lamar could drop an album like Good Kid Mad City in 2013, I believe this was. I hope I'm right. 2013. And still lose the motherfucking Grammy for best rap album of the year to fucking Macklemore. Macklemore and Ryan fucking Lewis with the song Thrift Shops. I'm gonna pop some tags. Only got $20 in my pocket. How could you how could you even hear? Let's just say here backseat freestyle. And you could hear Macklemore's entire album and say Macklemore's album is better than Kendrick's. It's crazy. That's just racism. You know, awards never get it right anyway. They never have the right nominees. They never have the right people voting for the shit. It's all, you know, bullshit, shits and giggles. But that was one of the biggest atrocities that I can remember um, over the last few years when it comes to the Grammys. The Grammys always get shit wrong. But that was like one of the biggest atrocities that I can remember in terms of like Grammy fuck ups. Like, bro, what? Macklemore and Ryan Lewis thrift shop was better than Kendrick Lamar's Good Kid Mad City. Are you fucking kidding me, bro? It was so bad. I remember this shit like yesterday. It was so bad that Macklemore went after he won the Grammy, wrote like this long ass Twitter apology or something like that. It was either a long Twitter apology, a long Instagram post or a long Facebook post or like a long uh, note, like he made a note in his phone and screenshotted it. It was one of those. And basically, he was apologizing for winning the award. Like, <laughs> that's how fucked up the shit is. Now, he didn't give the award back, and I wouldn't either, but that's how fucked up that was. That was one of the biggest, like, fuck-ups in the history of the Grammys, giving Macklemore and Ryan Lewis the Grammy for best rap album over Kendrick Lamar's Good Capacity. But, uh, you know, hey, whatever. It happened, it happened, it didn't happen. So you can't do anything to change it. It's just something that, you know, it just sticks out in my mind. It always, every time I hear a Kendrick song, I just automatically think like, damn, this nigga lost to Macklemore, bro. But whatever, we're getting off topic. I love Kendrick. 
that's the point. I love Kendrick. I think he is fucking incredible. I honestly, truly do. And he don't. You know what I like about him? He don't rush shit. I, and I'm getting, I'm getting off this, but Kendrick just don't rush shit. Like he'll take his time and make a project. Damn came out in 2017. Now, if you count the Black Panther album that came out in 2018, okay. But in terms of just solo Kendrick projects, it's been four years. Like, that motherfucker will take his time now, won't he? But he always brings quality shit. So no matter when the album is dropping, I know it's going to be good shit because that's just the caliber of guy he is in terms of music. And, uh, man, he's just one of my favorites, man. He's he, he's he's the man. He's really awesome, and I really like his music. And um, shout-out to Kendrick Lamar. Shout-out to Kendrick Lamar. I hope him and Mac Lamar are friends, too, also. I hope him and Mac Lamar have become friends. <laughs> Now it's time for my favorite, 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 favorite segment of the podcast. It is called Bronx Facts. For those of you guys who do not know, or maybe it's your first time listening to the show, Bronx Facts is the segment I like to do at the beginning of each show, just to give one fact about the Bronx, New York, that people may not know, that people may have never heard before, just to try and show how many great things how many great ideas, and how many great people come from the Bronx, New York. So, without any further ado, your Bronx fact for today is the Kingsbridge Armory, also known as the 8th Regiment Armory, is located on West Kingsbridge Road in the Bronx. It was built in the 1910s from a design from then-state architect Louis Pilcher to house the New York's National Guard 8th Coast Defense Command, and it is possibly the largest armory in the world. In addition to its military functions, it has been used over the years for exhibitions, boxing matches, and a film set. After World War II, the city offered it to the United Nations as a temporary meeting place, and in 1974, it was designated as a city landmark. Eight years later, in 1982, it was also included on the National register of historic places and that is your bronx fact for episode number 58 damn son where'd you find this all right so we're getting right to the shits today our top topic this week is of course the Derek chauvin trial the verdict that came out um for people who are just unaware uh, Derek Chauvin is the Minnesota police officer who stood trial for the murder of George Floyd while he uh, placed his knee on George Floyd's neck for over nine minutes over last summer. Um, highly publicized trial, highly viewed trial, you know, with a lot of uh, interest in it um, just due to like, you know, the, the brutal nature of the, the murder, the video um, the, the pleas for George Floyd saying he couldn't breathe and disregarded by the officer and all those things. So he stood trial. Um, the trial has been ongoing for the last three weeks or so. And the verdict was reached on last Tuesday. He was charged with uh, murder in the second degree, murder in the third degree and third degree manslaughter. Um, and he was found guilty for all three of those charges. Um, so first, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you a small article from the New York Times, just giving an overall synopsis, and then we can go from there. So the headline for this article reads, 
one in 2000. The murder conviction of a police officer is an exceedingly rare event. There have only been seven murder convictions of officers for fatal police shootings since 2005, according to Philip Stinson of Bowling Green State University. That suggests the chances of a killing by the police leading to a murder conviction are about one in 2000. Yet, a jury in Minneapolis yesterday convicted Derek Chauvin of second-degree murder as well as two other charges for killing George Floyd last May. A judge will sentence Chauvin in about eight weeks. Floyd's relatives said they felt relieved by the verdict. Quote, I finally have the opportunity to hopefully get some sleep, Philanese Floyd, George Floyd's brother, said. Chauvin's conviction does not automatically signal a new era of police accountability. The Floyd case was the exception of all exceptions. A video watched around the world which showed Chauvin pressing his knee onto Floyd for more than nine minutes. That footage led to weeks of protests that were among the largest in U.S. history. And at the trial, the so-called so blue wall of silence, that is, which that is, many officers' willingness to protect their colleagues, regardless of their misbehavior, crumbled. Quote, for so many, it feels like it took all of that for the judicial system to deliver basic accountability, President Biden said late yesterday. Most of those factors will not apply to future police killings. Those cases will be instead more likely to resemble the deaths of Mike Brown, Philando Castile, Eric Gardner, Freddie Gray, Daniel Prude, Tamir Rice, Breonna Taylor, and hundreds of other cases that have not led to a murder or a manslaughter conviction. Still, the Chauvin trial is not guaranteed to be a, is not guaranteed to be a simply one-off event either. Some of the same factors that make it distinct could also have caused it to have a wider impact. Before Foy's death, it was hard to think of a signature trial of an American police officer, one that received sustained national attention as the trial of a celebrity might. This trial, of course, did receive such attention. Television networks halted their normal coverage to broadcast the verdict, and the president of the United States organized his schedule around it. That attention has made it clear that a police officer can be charged with murder and convicted of it. It is an idea that will linger in the minds of prosecutors and future jurors. Perhaps most important, it may affect the thinking of more officers when they find themselves considering whether or not to use physical force when it is not necessary. So, you know, we've been talking about not just me either. The world has been talking about, you know, the George Floyd issue, the George Floyd situation, Derek Chauvin and policing in general um, for for a long time, not just, you know, since last May for a long time. You know, black people be getting murdered since murdering existed, you know, um, especially by the police. And remember, the police started as runaway slave patrols rooted in racism. So, you know, I'm always. um I'm always torn at these things, you know, especially like, I don't even know how to, let me, let me just try to phrase it correctly. I'm always torn at these types of things because this event 
is being celebrated as it should be as it should be we should be happy that a murderer does not get away with murder but at the same time it's like damn we're celebrating this like because someone murdered someone and they got you know held to the extent of the law for it i don't know if that made sense like i'm we should celebrate this decision but it's even crazy that we are celebrating this decision because if you just think about it, okay, this person murdered, this person should be held accountable for it. But the blinding light or the, you know, the the wrench in the whole situation is always the badge. You know what I'm saying? It's always the badge. Like the article mentioned, Brianna Taylor, Philando Castile, Eric Gardner, Freddie Gray. I know so many more. Amadou Diallo, Sean Bell, Terrence Crutcher, uh, Trayvon Martin, uh, Mike Brown. You know, so many more. Uh, uh, Sandra Bland, um, uh, Tamir Rice. I don't know if I said his name already. You know what I'm saying? Like, we know this. This is something that the officers somehow always skate, and it's due to the strength of police unions or the strength of qualified immunity or the strength of um, uh, the code of blue or just outright, we're not putting this white man in jail. Racism. So, you know, I'm very happy about it. I am, truly, truly I am. And I'm more happy for Minnesota because um, with Dante Wright's passing, due to the the force of a police officer 20 years old if george floyd's murderer Derek chauvin was given a slap on the wrist or you know acquitted i think that it would have been like a war zone in minnesota so just for the public just for the for the sake of the public um i'm I'm very happy that this, this decision went the way it did um and let's hope that it can start a new era of of just accountability, you know, just accountability. Um, you know, if if you are on camera murdering someone, using excessive force, using brutality, um, using things that aren't deemed necessary for the situation, then you should be held accountable for it, point blank. You can't treat these people any differently because they have a badge. They also have training. You know, if a civilian goes out, if I go outside today and I shoot someone, I get arrested. I have a trial. There's no uh, uh, no excuses for me. And I get put in there or I get the or I get the chair. I don't know if they do the chair anymore, but that's just a turn of phrase. Um, and I just think that if just because you wear a badge, I mean, I feel like you should have more pressure on you like a civilian who goes out and murders someone is not you know they're just a civilian they're not they don't have years upon years of training they don't have hours to go through they didn't have to graduate from the academy they didn't have to read certain psychological evaluations to be a member of this they're just a civilian a police officer literally has to go to the academy pass the certifications pass the psych evals pass the gun training pass the paperwork training. like they have to do so much training so in in a, in effect, if they murder someone unjustly, it should be an open and shut case because it's like this person is trained to do this job. If I'm trained to fly a plane and I crash the plane and they find out that I was p- poorly trained, guess what? I go to fucking jail and my pilot's license is revoked. 
that's a um that's a Denzel Washington movie. I think it's called Flight. He was a pilot who crashed a plane, and they did this. The whole movie was about an extensive investigation into his personal life, and then a trial, and then you know, deeming what was necessary, you know, for him as a result of him crashing the plane. There's no way that a pilot can have should have more accountability on them than a police officer. That's just my opinion on it. Um, but in terms of for George Floyd and for his family, I'm very relieved for them. Um, I'm very, very relieved for them. They've suffered the most out of this whole thing. You know, we've all suffered because we watched a black man die, but they have suffered the most because, you know, you're going to have people who are trying to make George Floyd to seem like a villain, you know, which is really sick in my opinion, you know, guy gets brutally murdered and they're saying oh yeah but it was a fake bill or he was a criminal or he was i don't know man i just think that's sick like you know so george floyd's family has suffered you know his young children they don't have their father anymore his brothers and sisters and his mother and you know they lose their family member and they have to hear and be face front for all the coverage you know, when the trial is over, they're putting the microphone not in the lawyer's face. They're putting the microphone in the family's face. They want to hear what they have to say. And over the last, you know, six months or even longer, you know, George Floyd's family has been through a whole lot, a lot, not just losing their family member, but just all the coverage, all the opinions, you know, social media, anyone could say anything. So, Imagine, you know, you're George Floyd's brother and you're just scrolling through Twitter and you see some rando who says, you know, he deserved to die or something like that. You know, that's what what a mental strain that can put on you. You know, that could, you know, just send your mind out of whack, you know, witnessing your brother's murder and then having there's a section of the population who think that it was justified. You know, that would fuck with any person, any logical thinking person. Um, But yeah, man, it's just like. You know, this is not enough for me. I'm happy that that he was found guilty. I don't know how long he will be sentenced for um, three charges. I think the maximum for second degree murder in Minnesota is 40 years, the max. So, you know, if he was found guilty for second degree, third degree murder and third degree man, second degree manslaughter, I'm sorry, then that should be at least a 50 piece in my head. I don't know. I'm not a judge so don't take my word for it but um you know more more than more than ever i'm just i'm just thankful for minnesota's sake i'm just thankful for this decision for minnesota because the protests that were occurring after floyd's murder were real deal like they burnt down i remember they burnt down the police station of course it was you know the traditional riot scene i think that if floyd's murderer chauvin was found was acquitted or you know given a bullshit slap on the wrist or you know it wasn't enough done i think that minnesota would have turned to you know afghanistan or something i really believe that i firmly believe that i think that it would have turned into afghanistan and they would have had to call in the military you know to 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 settle the situation so um very thankful for this decision but this is only the beginning this is only the beginning. This is only the beginning. This is only the beginning um, of this. You know, we we experience 
police murdering black people so much, it's kind of like you get desensitized to it, which is crazy to me. Death, you should never be desensitized to death. Unless it's, you know, fake. Unless it's, you watching a movie, you know it's fake. Unless you're playing a video game, you know it's fake. You know, real life death, you should never be desensitized to. And I'm never desensitized to it. Every time I read a story or see a video of a black person being murdered or brutalized, it hurts me. It really hurts me because I'm never going to be at a point in my life where this shit is just common for me. It's just like going to the grocery store or, you know what I'm saying, crossing the street. Some everyday shit. You know, people being murdered by people who are there to quote unquote protect you is never going to be lost on me. Never. I'm never going to feel like, damn, like, let's blame the victim or, you know what I'm saying, they were justified in their actions. Never. I'm never going to feel that way. Um, So, you know, rest in peace. I have to make sure I say it as well. Rest in peace. Rest in power to George Floyd. Um, And prayers and love to his family. Prayers and love. Prayers and love. They lost their brother, their father, their son their cousin, their uncle, their friend, whomever, however they knew him. And, um, you know, hopefully his death, this trial, this whole ordeal won't be in vain where, you know, these shits will become common. If you are a police officer and you break the law and you take someone's life unjustly and you use excessive force and you, you know, break the rules, you know, break him there should be no accountability i mean there should be all accountability for you and there should be no excuses for it you should not be able to skate we have we have had too many black people put in the ground with no justice for it and what is justice anyway because you can't get your family member back but we've had too many situations where you know the officers don't even get fired you know what i'm saying like they're allowed to continue working they're allowed to continue you know, getting benefits and health care and getting taxpayer, getting salaried by taxpayer money, and, you know, and they do a shit job. So, man, I just rest in peace for to George Floyd, prayers and love to his family, loved ones and friends. And and hopefully this is this is only the, the start. You know, this is only the start. The police and the black community have a lot of work to do in terms of becoming harmonious and i don't really ever believe that it will get that way i hate to sound grim and morbid about it but i really don't believe that you know the police are gonna have a great relationship with the black community at large it's just been too much done to us by them for so many years so whether or not we have a great relationship where i see a police walk by and i don't instantly feel fear whether or not that happens, as long as if they put they murder me, that they'll be held to the extent of the law. That's that's all I really care about. I'm not really trying to shake these niggas' hands and you know play basketball with them and go to the ice cream truck. I'm really just just I just want to see when they murder, when they break the law, and they try to use their power to skirt the law that they're held to the utmost extent of the law. And that's it. That's all I got really. That's all I got on it. So, um, you know, once again, just rest in peace to George Floyd. Rest in power, rest in paradise, prayers, love and condolences to your family, to your friends, to your loved ones. 
prayers and love to the state of Minnesota, prayers and love to the city of Minneapolis. And um, hopefully this is only the beginning of a new time. This is a new time. And once again, thank you to all the people who are out here using their voices to affect change in a positive way. George Floyd's case, his situation, this ordeal, this this doesn't get this far without all the people who came out and said, this is wrong. This is not right. I will not sit down and let this thing continuously happen. You know, and they protested and they they made their voices heard and known and all that shit, man. And that's why I say it and I will continue to say it. Thank you to all the people who are out here using their voices to affect change in a positive way. Because something like this, which is really unprecedented, doesn't happen without the strength the and the power of the people who wanted to be vocal about this situation. So, again, lastly, again, for the last time, rest in peace to George Floyd. Prayers and love to his family. Prayers and love to Minnesota. Prayers and love to Minneapolis. And hopefully this is only the beginning of more accountability with policing and the black community. And so now we are moving right along. You guys can follow me and hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Rogers Neighborhood. Instagram is R-O-D-G-E-R-S Neighborhood N-E-I-G-H. B-O-R-H-O-O-D. Twitter is Rogers Neighborhood, R-O-D-G-E-R-S, Neighborhood N-G-H-B-R-H-D. No vowels in Neighborhood on Twitter. And I'm saying this and repeating it for the one millionth time because I ask you guys weekly to send in comments, questions, concerns, feedback, constructive criticism, whatever you have for me. And you guys are the best. You're the best. You guys don't let me down. You guys always sending questions, always sending love, and I really appreciate it. I truly, truly appreciate it. So we're going to answer some of the questions that we have received here. The first one says, who is an artist that has disappeared and you miss? Hmm. That's a good question. Who is an artist that has disappeared that I miss? Man, there's a lot. There's a lot who like come and go. And that happens a lot in music. Like a guy will have a great summer, four hit songs, and then you'll never hear from him again. Um, who would that be for me? You know who it is? You know who? Fetty Wap. That's who I miss. Fetty Wap. That is, that's my answer. Fetty Wap in 2000 and what was that, 15? Was the man. He had Trap Queen. He had um, uh, Trap Queen. Six seven nine. He had uh, uh, my way. What other song did he have? He had he had hits like 2015 was his year. Like he had the whole year. Baby, won't you come my way? <laughs> I don't want to sing it. I'm ruining it. But that was the man. He was the man. He had Drake on the remix of that song. Trap Queen went crazy. Six seven nine went crazy. I'm like, damn, she's fine. Wonder if she'll be mine. He was the man. I I miss Fetty Wap. I miss Fetty Wap. Like he had that his voice. I think I just really liked his voice. Like, and the songs were fun. And like, you know, I'd never really heard anyone sing that way or sing rap that way. So yeah, that's my answer. Shout out to Fetty Wap wherever you are. Shout out to Jersey. Jersey's finest right there. Um, wherever you are, Fetty Wap, I hope you're okay. And um, I miss you, man. I hope you could come back out and, and drop some heat 
for us because you made some good shit, bro. You made some good shit. And it's been a long time since people have heard from you. I don't know what he's up to now. You know, he could be have he have a whole bunch of albums out and I just don't know about it. But as far as I know, it's, it's, it's from the level of mainstream success that he had to now, Fetty Wap is my answer. So wherever you are, Fetty Wap, I hope you're healthy and uh, come back soon, man. I, I, I miss you. I hope that, you know, everything's OK and you can come back and make great music again. So shout out to Fetty Wap. That is my answer for that one. The next one says, oh, this is a good one. I like this. What is your favorite unorthodox or non-traditional hip-hop song? That's a great question. That's a great question. And this answer, you may look at it like, oh, I'm trolling or whatever, but this is really my answer. This is like 100% my answer. The best non-traditional or unorthodox hip-hop song in my opinion, is The Time Is Now by John Cena. I know, I know, I know what you're thinking. Denzel, you're out your fucking mind. What's wrong with you? John Cena? Why would you even... I know. But let me give you some backstory. As a child, as a kid, I was a huge wrestling fan. Huge wrestling fan huge like i loved wrestling back in the day and like i love that shit i love that song actually what i'm gonna do for you i'm gonna play you a snippet of that shit because that shit is hard like of course wrestling is fake john cena is not a real wrestler even though they don't like to say wrestling is fake so let me rephrase wrestling is scripted they really do the stunts but like, you know, of course, you know, it's scripted and, you know, the, the results are predetermined and it's gimmicky and all that shit. But let me tell you something. Whoever, if it was John Cena himself or whoever the WWE writers are, they made a hit with this shit. OK, so this is I'm gonna just play you a small snippet. Um, this is John Cena. The time is now. This shit is hard, bro. This shit is hard. Uh. Uh. The time is up. My time is now. You can't see me. My time is now. Yo, this is really yo. This shit is hard. Cut it off, man. Cut the shit off. Cut it off. Cut it off. That shit is hard, bro. <laughs> they had John Cena on there really rapping. Like, that shit is hard. I love that shit. Shout out to whomever decided to put that together to make John Cena a rapper. Like, and have that be his, like, thing when he first started. Like, you know, the white guy who wanted to rap and be in hip-hop culture. I think that shit is incredible. And that's a really good song. Like, if you have the chance, if you have the chance, go on YouTube, just type it in. The time is now, John Cena. And just listen to the whole song. It's a good song. It's a good song. I like it. I should, you know, it's funny. I should have introed the pod with that shit today. The time is now. 
but yes that that's my answer um my favorite unorthodox or non-traditional hip-hop song is definitely the time is now by john cena that's my shit like i'm gonna find a way to like work that into future pods like maybe just you know figure out a way to include that some kind of way in the pod in the future pods because i really love that song that song is hard that's a hard song shout out to john cena man shout out to john cena you can't fucking see me you can't see me man i I used to love wrestling man so shout out to john cena and the last question i have for you here says what is your favorite celebrity interview moment okay this is the most excited i've been about a question since i got it since i started doing questions i have three answers three answers um and these all of these shits are fucking incredible all of these shits are incredible I'm going to go in order from my least, my my third favorite to my most favorite. I have three. My third favorite is the interview God, Kanye West. Whenever you put a microphone in Kanye's face, you have to be prepared for anything to come out of his face, out of his mouth. Because this guy will say anything, does not give a fuck about offending anyone. And literally, if he thinks it, he believes it and he will say it. So... <laughs> I don't even want to give you the a background. I just want to play it for you. I'm just going to play it for you. This is Kanye West um, doing an interview with Zane Lowe. And I think this was 2013. I think it was 2013. So I'm going to just let you hear it because this shit is fucking incredible. This is Kanye West. And what he said is, you are a celebrity. So basically what's going to happen is there's product here. And this is where you end up right here. If you can communicate this product, you can make money off the product. Because look at Gaga. She's the creative director of Polaroid. I like some of the Gaga songs. What the fuck does she know about cameras? (laughs) (laughs) That shit is great, man. Every time I hear that shit, it makes me chuckle. If I don't fall out laugh, I at least chuckle. I like some of the Lady Gaga songs. What the fuck does she know about cameras? Really just because he really wanted to know, like, you know, he was explaining the full, you know, that's just an out of context clip, but the full context of it is he's explaining how celebrities and mainly at the time, white celebrities were leveraging their celebrity power or leveraging their popularity and were getting opportunities, more opportunities than other people would get. So for example, he would then say, you know, Lady Gaga, I like her song. She makes great music. How does she get a position like creative director of Polaroid? What the fuck does she know about cameras? Man, shout out to Kanye West, man. A lot of people don't like him. He's a really polarizing figure. And I understand he said a lot of bullshit over the years. But just as just like saying your what you feel and like just talking your shit and not giving a fuck what people think. He's A1 at that. He's A1 at just talking your shit. I believe this thing, and I'm going to fucking talk about it. Shout out to Kanye, man. That I love that shit. I love some of the Gaga songs. What the fuck does she know about cameras? <laughs> just, what's so funny about it is just, like, I think he was genuinely asking that. Like, he just doesn't know. Like, what does she know about cameras, bro? What does she know? Does she know anything about cameras? <laughs> Okay, so that's Kanye. My second favorite is 
Booker T. And this is back to wrestling. I love wrestling. I keep saying it. I loved wrestling as a kid. Booker T was doing an interview. Um, you know, they used to have um, promos. It was called wrestling promos. Basically, a uh, wrestler would stand and do an interview with either, was it uh, Mean Gene Oakland or any of the other guys, Jonathan Coachman or whomever else does interviews for wrestling. And the wrestlers would basically hype up their upcoming matches. So at the time, Booker T was in the WCW. This is old. This is old as fuck, this clip. And Booker T was doing a promo, basically like hyping up his wrestling match and saying like he's the best. And I'm not going to ruin it. I'm just going to play it. This shit is fucking incredible. Thank you, wrestling, again for this. And this is Booker T. What you dealing with here is the brotherhood. It's nonstop from this point on in WCW. We take what we want. And after we take Lex Luger and the Giant, we want the gold sucker. Hulk Hogan, we coming for you, nigga. <laughs> Yo, man. Yo. That shit, bro, that's so funny. That is so funny. I know you guys probably don't think these shits are as funny as I do. That shit is so funny. Hulk Hogan, we're coming for you, nigga. <laughs> that shit aired and everything. Like, that was a live show, everything, bro. Man, shout out to Booker T. That's one of the greatest moments in black history. Facts, big facts. Big, big, big facts. And uh, so, uh, yeah, shout out to wrestling again. Shout out to Booker T. And the last, my favorite, favorite, favorite celebrity interview moment of all time, of all time, belongs to a man who wasn't even a celebrity at the time. If I say the words John in Tennessee, that, that certain people know exactly where I'm going with that. Shout out to my guy, John in Tennessee. And I'm going to play you this clip um, where John in Tennessee really becomes uh, 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 a figure in popular culture. Let's just say. Um, backstory is Iggy Azalea, who is a female artist, female rapper, um, was on Sway in the Morning. Sway is a legendary radio host, music host, hip hop, you know, guy. Legendary. He has his own show called Sway in the Morning. And it's one of the few shows where they still ask artists for freestyles. Freestyling is kind of, if it's not in a battle rap sense or with Tim Westwood or even Funkmaster Flex, you're not really going to hear freestyles or artists will just put the freestyles out themselves. They won't go to the radio and do freestyles. So Iggy, at the this was when she first came out, maybe 2013, 2014, and she had the song Fancy. And, you know, she was really out here trying to prove that she was a real rapper. So, of course, Sway, being the hip-hop institution that he is and that he has, asked her for a freestyle. And she was like, yo, I'm going to do this shit acapella, blah, blah, blah. Listen to this shit. And, again, shout out to my guy, John in Tennessee. The whole world is watching and the paparazzi is flocking and we flash it when we drop in and we shut down your part, Tim, and his end. John in Tennessee, go ahead. What you want to say? That shit is fucking trash, dog. Get the fuck off the airway. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I get I need you know what I need to do? I need to organize my thoughts and make this like a segment. 
where I play like just random ass shit from the internet that makes me laugh. Like that shit is so funny. That's so funny, bro. I, where my gun? I need some gunshots. Hold on. Where? Where? I need some gunshots after that shit. <laughs> Holy shit, man! Like, oh god. Thank you, internet. That's all I can say. Thank you, internet. Like, shout out to Kanye. Shout out to Booker T. Shout out to John in Tennessee. Those are some of my favorite, favorite celebrity interview moments. Those are. That's just some legendary shit. I'm really going to organize my thoughts and see how I can maybe make that a segment. Just like random shit from the internet that I see and that's like funny to me and I'll put it on the pod. I'll think about it. I'll give it some thought on how I would do it or how I would work it into the show or where I would place it. Because I think that's cool. Like just random ass shit. Like we all got the internet. There's so much random funny ass shit on there. I I feel like maybe that's something that I could do. So Thank you again, guys, for the questions. I really, really, truly appreciate all the love and support I receive. Um, shout out to <laughs> shout out to my guy Kanye and shout out to Booker T and John in Tennessee. And um, I look forward to answering more and more and more and more and more of you guys' questions, man. I, I really appreciate it. So thank you guys once again. Next on the docket, let's talk about Usher. Usher, okay? Let's talk about my guy, Usher Raymond. Boy, 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 what did Usher do this time? So first, before I even, you know, uh, uh, read the article and, you know, make the little jokes about the situation, I want to let Shaquille O'Neal give you a synopsis over the story or give you a just a basic summary or overview over the over the story, and listen as he tries to explain it to Charles Barkley and Kenny Smith on uh, the TV show Inside the NBA. Come on now, <laughs> oh the Usher books, Danilo Gallinari. Come on, you heard about that joke, yeah. Usher books? Yeah. Oh, the that uh, Usher. Yeah. <laughs> tell us what tell us tell us come on man I, I don't believe it i got faith in usher he was not throwing out big hundred dollars bills with his face on it no i don't believe that that's, no, that's uh, i cannot believe that no either. i don't believe that hey, on, usher. Usher. usher you gotta defend yourself i do not believe you're gonna you got it bad usher if you did that i should do that i should do that you know what they call right usher bucks Usher Bucks. Uh, okay. They don't pay no bills, Usher Bucks. I know, no, I know. Was, I don't you know, know Usher. I'm, I'm just, I, I'm. But that's what you heard. Yes. What, what, what's the story? Because I, I, I kind of heard the story, Shaq, but I he heard, was my ear sp- wasn't to the street just, all the way. No, he was at a grocery store. A grocery yeah, store. Yeah, they, they had a lot of groceries in there. Yeah. Chickens and wings. He was getting wings history. and chickens. He was at a grocery store and a song came on and he started making it rain. Okay. He, what, he, and then one of the he didn't get no he didn't get no thighs the usher there? Buck, and then she she complained that it was usher bucks yeah it was usher bucks well if you 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 can't get money to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, usher bucks you well, said it so convincingly you almost had me <laughs> no it is it is yeah. it's, it's a grocery store yeah, it's a grocery store it's a, oh, you get you yeah. get legs thighs wings <laughs> that's where you go to get it. it's a grocery store <laughs> so ba- so basically like. You know, Shaq is trying to like, you know, say it in a PG way. He said he went to the grocery store, went to the strip club. And the story that first came out was that Usher in Vegas went to a number of strip clubs. And instead of making it rain or tipping with real money, he was tipping with 
fake money called Usher Bucks, which was hundreds, twenties, and singles with his face on it. And it said Usher instead of like, you know, and God we trust and all the shit that's on a regular real money, a real bill. And a, uh, a stripper came out and like posted it on Instagram or on, on Twitter and was like, you know, Usher's bull, Usher's trash. How could you, you know, how could you give us this bullshit money? Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to read you the quote that she um, that she put out. It was on Instagram. I'm not going to say your name because there's more to the story. Um, but basically she put she posted three pictures. She posted one picture, I should say. Um, and she added the shade room in it because, you know, the shade room is messy. Um, and it's basically it's a hundred dollar bill, a twenty dollar bill and a one dollar bill. And it says, quote, ladies, what would you do if you danced all night for Usher and he threw this and it's the fake money? And then the next one she posted put. And the money does not have a trade in value whatsoever. LMAO, don't y'all think he should be blasted on social media for this shit? So. Of course, the internet had so much fun with it, and I loved watching seeing it. I loved seeing all the memes. I loved it. It was hilarious. It was absolutely hilarious. But let's read you the real tea. Let's read you the real tea. So this is from TMZ, the headline. Usher didn't pay strippers with Usher Bucks, dot, 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 a whole big misunderstanding. The internet is ablaze with fury that Usher allegedly made it rain on strippers with fake-ass money with his face on it. But take a breather, because that's not how it went down. You may have caught wind of this. A dancer on Instagram posted photos of three Usher bucks that came in, $100, $20, and $1 denominations, all with Mr. Raymond's face in place of the usual dead president where she posed the question, ladies, what would you do if you danced all night for Usher and he threw this? The insinuation was that she was actually, that she actually got the bogus cash for services rendered and called for Usher to be blasted for passing the funny money. She kind of got her wish based on all the Usher memes out there, but it turns out there's way more to the story according to people directly involved. For starters, this all happened at Sapphire in Las Vegas, and a rep for the club tells TMZ Usher did not tip the strippers with this fake money and actually dished out authentic greenbacks while also going on to tip the staff at large quite generously. We're told Usher and co. ended up spending thousands of dollars on real dancers and enjoyed bottle service, which he definitely did not cover with these Usher bucks. It goes without saying, Sapphire would love to host him again anytime. Now, for some more intel on what the hell actually happened here. Sources close to Usher tell us that someone in his crew and not him left some stray Usher dollars behind on stage as a bit of a gag to be jokey, but also to promote his new Las Vegas residency. We've been assured by folks in the singer's camp that he did, in fact, tipped the girls who danced for him and that the usher bucks in question were not used for payment at all so that begs the question was miss redacted because i'm not going to say her name simply misinformed here or knowingly trying to make him look bad it is unclear 
if she will stick to her story, but the two separate parties tell us that her version is, in fact, BS. <laughs> the internet is such a marvelous place. <laughs> the internet is such a marvelous place. I wonder, I wonder what's funnier. Uh, I guess I have to ask myself that question. Which internet story is funnier? And was, well, also, which internet story turned out to be fake and is funnier, I should say? The jar rule selling the gyros or the fake usher money, usher bucks? Man, I don't know. I, I, they're both equally hilarious and they both ended up being fake. Um, I'm a, I think it's still jar rule selling those gyros. That shit was hilarious. Uh, that shit was hilarious. Real or fake. That shit is fucking incredible. Um, but, I have also a, um, a bad joke here, and please forgive me. Clearly, this is a person who did not love Raymond. <laughs> I'm not even going to explain it. I'm not even going to explain it, bro. I just thought that shit was funny. I love dad jokes, too. You guys know that. Um, but, yeah, so shout out to Usher. Um, <laughs> shout out to Usher for, for paying with real money and not paying with Usher bucks. But I tell you what, that shit was funny as hell. That shit was funny as hell. I I got a great laugh from that shit. I got a great laugh from that. Because just the, you know, celebrities are wild people. They're wild. And, you know, they do wild shit. They do wild shit all the time. So something like this, the reason why it's so funny is, is like, I can fully see an artist doing that. Like, that won't even that wouldn't even come off as fake. Like the first thing I thought when I saw it was like, I didn't think it was fake. I thought it was real because celebrities are wild ass niggas, bro. They're wild. They're wild. They do wild shit just because they can. Sometimes I feel like celebrities just do it. Like, let's just see if I could get away with it. You know what I'm saying? Like they just do shit like that. I, so once I read it, I was like, yo, this nigga Usher's crazy, bro. Like, you know, so, uh, but that shit was hilarious, bro. So shout out to Usher. Shout out to the shorty who was misinformed, um, but upset about it. What if everyone else got paid but her? Like, what if everyone got on this, who was on the stage, you know, picked up their money, then they split it, and then she didn't get any money. And for, so for her, she thinks that literally Usher only left fake bills because she just didn't get included in the cut. I feel like that's really what happened. So that's why I didn't want to say her name because people are probably like shitting on her, sending her nasty DMs and all that shit. If you want to find it, you can. I'm just not going to say it on, you know, I'm just not going to say it on the pod because, you know, you know, people like to, you know, abuse their Twitter fingers. So I'm not going to, you know, expose her that way. I think she was just misinformed. I think really she was a dancer and she danced and the money got split up through all the dancers, the thousands. The club took their cut. And then they, the rest was left for the, um, the dancers to split up, and she didn't get anything. And all she got was the bullshit-ass Usher Bucks. I think that is what really happened. So uh, it should be more an indictment on Club Sapphire. Play your workers. Pay your workers. Don't blame Usher, okay? He made Let It Burn. He is basically untouchable. He made Let It Burn, had a herpes scare, and came out on the other side unscathed. Usher's a legend. Usher's a legend. Like, he made confessions talking about how he cheated on his girl, I believe it was Chili at the time, and was had had said, like, he had the, the lyrics were so wild. Like, he was like, 
um, the, the first things that went through my head, right, as when he got the news. And basically, all of the all of the things that went through his head, at least in the song, again, I don't know how much of it is true. It is not true. But basically, like, my favorite part of that shit is, like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, my favorite part of the confession song is, <sighs> dang, how can I explain it? It's basically like, he's basically upset about everything that goes along with the confession. He's upset that he's going to lose his girlfriend. He's upset that, um, you know, that he's, he's questioning whether or not the shit is real or not, like whether it's real or fake. Um, you know, he's talking about how hard it is to tell his girlfriend, you know, that the girl is pregnant. So basically like, the lyrics are, and I looked it up as I was speaking, so I could just say it. Um, I'm gonna read you this, this, the lyrics, the whole s- snippet. Um, I, t- <laughs> she says she's three months pregnant and she's keeping it. The first thing that came to mind was you. The second thing is, how do I know if it's mine and is it true? The third thing was me wishing that I never did what I did and how I ain't ready no, and how I ain't ready for no kid and bye bye to our relationship. Nothing in there, which is just the funniest shit ever to me. Nothing in there is saying, you know what? I'm going to step up to the plate and raise my little man or raise my little girl. Like nothing in the song says that shit. That's hilarious. That's so funny to me. And maybe only me. Like he's wrote a song to his ex-girlfriend saying, damn, I fucked up. I got a girl pregnant. You know what I'm saying? I have to confess it to you. But at no point he was like, yo, I'm going to be a real father and raise mine. (laughs) I just think that's really funny, man. Shout out to Usher, man. Shout out to the god Usher. Usher's been the man for so many years. Like, he really is, I believe, untouchable. Unless he does some real nasty, you know, shit. Like, you know, kill someone or sexually abuse someone or something like that. But Usher, man, he's the man. Usher's the man. He made my boo, bro. He made my boo. He's untouchable to me. So shout out to Usher. Shout out to the stripper who ain't get paid. (laughs) and shout out to the internet for those crazy ass memes those shit was so funny bro shout out to everyone involved and last on the docket in terms of news to cover newsy items to cover let's talk about the oscars first of all this is my first thing about the oscars every time i hear it i just in my mind think who the fuck is oscar who is that no one i've never gotten that answer who is oscar like what did oscar do did oscar like start the film academy did oscar start the award show who the fuck is oscar who is oscar anyway uh you know the oscars i'm surprised that they're even being held because remember 2020 there no movies came out nothing came out literally the last movie that i saw in the movie theater was bad boys for life that's that's not bullshit that's real that's the last movie i saw in the movie theaters um bad boys for life so um, but let's read you some of the categories here for the Oscars and and uh, I'll give you my opinions and, you know, whoever I think is going to win never really wins um, because the Oscars, just like the Grammys, just like the Emmys, just like the Golden Globes, just like all these other award shows, never get it right in terms of who the winners are. So let's let's uh, let's read it. So the first category, best actor in a leading role, the nominees are Riz Ahmed for The Sound of Metal. Who saw that? No, whatever. Anthony Hopkins for The Father. Who saw that? 
Gary Oldman in Mank, who saw that? And Steven Yeun in Minari, who saw that? <laughs> and lastly, Chadwick Boseman in May Rainey's Black Bottom. My vote goes to Chadwick because that's the only movie I actually saw from all of these. The Sound of Metal, The Father, Mank, and Minari. I didn't see any of these movies. Whatever. I got Chadwick to win. Hopefully he does win. Um, next category. Best Actor in a Supporting Role. The nominees. Sasha Baron Cohen in The Trial of the Chicago 7. I didn't see that movie. Daniel Kaluuya in Judas and the Black Messiah. Okay, now we talking. Leslie Odom Jr. in One Night in Miami. Now we talking. Paul Racy in The Sound of Metal. Again, I didn't see. And lastly, Lakeith Stanfield and Judas and the Black Messiah. How? Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop the presses. Now, I introed the today's pod by saying what? The Grammys are racist because they had given a white artist an award over a black artist who felt who I felt to be more deserving of the award, right? I just read to you the best actors in a leading role. And then I just read to you the best actors in a supporting role. If you saw Judas and the Black Messiah, right, you know that Daniel Kaluuya was Fred Hampton and Lakeith Stanfield was, what was his name? Bill, Bill something. I forgot his last name. Bill something in the movie. William something. They called him Bill for short. How is it that both of them are supporting characters in the movie? Who's the main character? The main character was Lakeith Stanfield in the movie. Why was he not put in best actor in a leading role? Okay, whatever. Denzel's crazy. Denzel's crazy. Denzel is crazy. Anyway, regardless, I think Lakeith should have won that shit. Lakeith should win this shit because he really killed it. Like, he killed it. He he played the role so well that he had to get therapy after the shit was over. Like, after the movie finished filming, he had to get therapy afterwards because he was so... He literally turned himself into this character and when it was over he had to go back to be lakeith he couldn't like you know what i'm saying that's that's dope that's that's dope so i think lakeith should win this and i hope he does win he's a young guy i think lakeith is like 29 maybe he wins an oscar at 29 that's pretty impressive the next category actress in a leading role the nominees viola davis in may rainey's black bottom andrea day the united states versus billy holiday vanessa kirby in pieces of a woman Francis McDonald, McDormand, I'm sorry, in Nomadland, and lastly, Carrie Mulligan in Promising Young Woman. Again, I don't know any of these other movies except May Rainey's Black Bottom, so I got Viola Davis to win that. I'm really not equipped to be given Oscars coverage. That's really funny to me. <laughs> uh, the next category, actress in a supporting role. The nominees, Maria Baklava um, from Borat 2, Glenn Close from Hillbilly Elegy, Olivia Coleman in The Father, Amanda Seyfried in Mank, and Yu Jung Yun in Minari. Again, I didn't see any of these movies. I will choose Maria Baklava because I know about Borat. Borat's funny. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, the next category, animated feature film. The nominees, first of all, Soul should be the only worthy one here. So I hope it's there. Um, the nominees, Onward. By Dan Scallion and Corey Ray, Over the Moon by Glenn Keane, Jenny Rim, and Pauline Chow, A Shaun in the Sheep, The Movie Farmageddon by Richard Flan, Will Belcher, and Paul Cooley, Wolfmakers by Tom Moore, Ross Stewart, 
Paul Young and Steven Rowlands and oh, Soul. There we go. Soul by Pete Doctor and Dana Murray. I got Soul to win. Um, the next category, cinematography. I'm not going to read all these categories, just the really important ones. Um, cinematography, the nominees. I'm not even going to read all the nominees. Judas and the Black Messiah should win. Um, costume design, uh, either Pinocchio or Mulan should win. Uh, or May Rainey's Black Bottom because they did like old school outfits. Um, directing, I really don't even want to give these directors love because i didn't see any of these movies but again i'll say the nominees uh another round by thomas vinberg mank by david fincher minari by lee isaac chung nomadland chloe zhao and promising young woman by emerald fennel i don't know any of these people so my opinion is judas and the black messiah should win whoever directed that um and let's yeah i'm not reading all of these shits what's the last one that i want to hear best picture of course duh uh I read all these movies again. I'll read them. The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of Chicago 7. Judas and the Black Messiah should win. Uh, short film, Animated, Burrow, Genius Lock, Whatever Happens, I Love You, Opera, and Yes People. I don't know. I'm really not qualified to be doing Oscars coverage. <laughs> and the last one I think that uh, should win for writing uh judas and the black messiah again so you know if it's not judas and the black messiah i didn't see none of these shits or one night in miami or soul i didn't see none of these shits so i'm really not qualified to give oscars coverage whoever wins the winner is going to be wrong regardless unless it's to all the black people chadwick uh daniel kaluuya lakeith stanfield viola davis and anything else involved with that that's my opinion on the oscars <laughs> it, i don't even understand why the oscars is still happening like no movies came out like whatever man whatever that though that's my take those are my winners for the oscars take it what you will my opinion on this really ain't worth shit um i'm just and to quote Issa ray i'm just rooting for everybody black that's all i got on the oscars i'm just rooting for everybody black and at the very end i saved it for last of course we have to end our show with a rest in peace we've been ending our shows with rest in pieces for the last what three weeks is it now pretty sad um i want to say rest in peace to black rob a former uh hip-hop artist rapper from new york who passed away uh shortly after dmx's passing maybe a week after dmx passed black rob passed um you may know him from songs like like whoa or um some of some of his contributions to the diddy and the bad boy family compilation albums if you guys are, are aware of those um and it's it's sad you know it's sad to see guys who you grew up on die you know and die you know not because of old age but because of you know you know things out of their control like diseases or bad luck you know covid or something like that 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 ends up taking them taking them away from us um but you know black rob was a was a fixture in new york um someone who i definitely remember listening to his music um you know there's a lot of uh moving parts with this story you know because diddy with his former artist there was always tension or you know people claim that they didn't get paid properly or that he took a lot of things from them or when they didn't want to do certain things he would take away 
you know, their rights or their, you know, sign them to bad deals. So I'm not going to touch on that. It's a very touchy subject, especially because someone has lost their life. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, Diddy's this or that or the third. I just want to say rest in peace. Um, you know, they still don't know his cause of death. Um, but it more than likely has to do with something with COVID or, or anything like that, because that's the one that's the most prevalent thing right now. Um, but man, it's sad. It's sad. We're losing a lot of people, man. In 2021, we've lost a lot coming off of 2020 where we lost a lot. And, um, you know, it's hard out here, man. It's hard. People are dying. People are dying. And, um, I just, I just want everyone to be safe out there. You know, everyone to be cautious, be precautious, you know, and um, appreciate the people you have around you while you have them. That's that's big facts, big, big facts. You know, never in a million years would I think last week would I be introing the song with a DMX song because he passed away. You know, I, I just wouldn't have thought that, you know, I just wouldn't that wouldn't even have crossed my mind. You know, Black Rob Shock G also passed away. You know, who was uh, the man who, who did the song Humpty Dance with Digital Underground. He also passed away. And, uh, you know, it's it's just sad. It's sad. That's all I can really say. I, I can't really be that articulate on it because it's like, you know, I want to be respectful. You know, these were great people who impacted the world. And I don't want my opinion to overshadow their life and legacy. They've done amazing things in this world. And um, it's a tragedy that we have lost them. So like I did with DMX, like I did with Dante Wright, I would like to place or uh, have, I should say, have a moment of silence for Black Rob, for Shock G, and for also um, a young lady who passed. What was her name? A young lady, a, a teenager. What was her name? Micaiah. Micaiah. Uh, fuck, what was her name? Micaiah Bryant? I want to say a young lady in Ohio who passed away was murdered, you know, by um, by a police officer after an altercation. I believe the story goes and I'm really not going to, you know, I'm really not going to go that far into it because it's too much for me. She's 16 years old. Basically, uh, they claim the police claim that she had a knife and that uh, officer uh, then shot her. Um, I don't even want to talk about it. It's, this shit is so hard to talk about. 16 years old. <sighs> okay, well, let's just have the moment of silence for Black Rob, for Shock G, and for Miss Micaiah Bryant. Rest in peace, rest in power, rest in paradise. And, um, let's just hope shit could get better out here, man. I'm tired of reporting on people who are dying. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of reporting on this shit. I'm tired of reporting on police killing kids, police killing young men, police killing young women. I'm tired of reporting on legends who we love passing away too young. And um, let's just let's just make it, man. Let's just make it through and let's just appreciate each other. Appreciate the life that we have. Appreciate the things that we have. Your life ain't perfect, but it surely could be worse. Um, and uh Man, it's it's just such a such a difficult thing right now. Just to see all these people pass losing their lives. You know, life is very fragile. Can't say that enough. 
it, you could be here today and gone tomorrow. So appreciate all the things that you have. Appreciate your family. Appreciate your friends. Be cautious. Be precautious. Stay safe out here. And uh, let's just hope that we will see brighter days along the horizon. So let's have this moment of silence for the lives and legacy of all the people that we have lost in this last few months of 2021. Thank you. And that, guys, will wrap it up. Episode number 58 of this little thing that we call the Bronx Bias Podcast is in the books. I'm your host once again. My name is Denzel, a.k.a. Harry Potter, a.k.a. DeBron James. Thank you once again to everyone who tunes in, likes, subscribes, shares, and supports. Thank you for everyone who is active and engaging on social media with me. Let's protect each other and let's be safe out here, man. Let's protect each other and let's be safe out here. Let's be safe out here. Do what you got to do to get back to your family and friends safely every day. Do what you got to do to get back to your family and friends safely every single day because life is very fragile. Um, In terms of COVID, wear that mask, social distance, be safe. COVID is real. We don't need anyone else to catch this shit. That's a fact. We don't need anyone else to catch this shit. Um, Have a great week. Have a great weekend out there. I will speak to you guys next week. And I'm going to fade you guys out with a great, 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 great song. It is called Black Parade by Beyonce off of the Lion King album called The Gift. And this has been the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode number 58. I will speak to you guys next week, and we are out. I'm going back to the south. I'm going back, 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 back. When my roots ain't watered down. Growing, growing like a bob-bob tree. All life on for the ground. Ancestor put me on game. Long charm on gold chains. With my old shoon energy. Drop all on me.